Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making things up, making things happen. Uh, love talking to creative people about how they do their thing and how they keep it going. And today my guest is a filmmaker that I met on the festival circuit named Cameron Thrower. And he just had something very exciting happen. He won the Jameson First Shot filmmaking contest. So we're going to talk all about that. He's got a film up online now that you can watch that he made through this program. It's really great. It stars Maggie Gyllenhaal. It's a really exciting thing that's happened to him, and I can't wait for you to hear him talk about it. All right, before we get to that, I want to encourage you to go to DennisAnyone.net. You can find all the podcasts archived there. You can donate to my virtual tip jar that helps me cover expenses. I really appreciate that. And I would also love it if you follow me on Twitter at HensleyDennis. Instagram, Dennis C. Hensley, and there's a Dennis Anyone Facebook page. You can like me there. All right, enough of that stuff. Um, you know what? You can also email me, and you can email me at Dennis at DennisHensley.com uh, if you want to shoot me an email. Um, all right, enough of that jazz. Here, without any further ado, is Cameron Thrower. Hey there, coming to you from the North Hollywood apartment of my guest today, filmmaker Cameron Thrower. Yay, NoHo! Oh, yes. Right? I'm NoHo. You're NoHo. We're here. Where do you like to eat in NoHo? Uh, my favorite spot is the NoHo Diner. Where is that? North Hollywood Diner. It is, is it the- Magnolia. Um, it has that little statue of the creepy waitress out front. Um, it's on Magnolia. Yeah, it's by like Burbank. By a dentist across from a Seven Eleven. I'm gonna have to look into this. I'll take you. Yeah. Okay. What it's, do you get there? What was that? What do you get there? I get the um, the turkey burger. Okay. With French fries. You can't go wrong with that. Barbecue sauce. Nice. Um, yeah. Like uh, the people there are really cool. Uh, I go there and do my writing a lot. No do you? Thought. So you can hang yeah. out for a while. Do they have Wi-Fi? Oh yeah. They have everything you need. They have coffee. They have they just keep alcohol. They have champagne if you if you get a little, you know, need a little inspiration. You, and you need to celebrate something? Absolutely, yeah. Well, you have something to really celebrate. You won this amazing filmmaking contest. Uh, break it down for us. I don't want to get the title wrong or any of the details wrong, so just take us through it. Yeah, uh, so it, it's literally, uh, it's been a whirlwind this year. Uh, right. I found out that I won in March. It's called Jameson First Shot. The it, Jameson First Shot. And Jameson is a brand of what? Whiskey. Whiskey. Delicious whiskey, by the way. Did you get a bunch of whiskey oh. along with your... Hell yeah. I got, yeah. Like, I got like six, seven bottles. Um, right. But basically the contest is they're, they're looking for three filmmakers out of the entire world. One from the United States and then two other from other territories, other countries around the world. So I won the USA spot. and You're Miss um, USA of filmmaking. I, I guess I am. You and are. I, 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 I love that. I didn't get a crown though, but I did get to make a movie with uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal and Kevin Spacey and the rest of the people at Trigger Street. Uh, so that was... So Trigger Street is Kevin Spacey's production company. Yes. So he's teamed up with Jameson to make this contest, which is kind of like a Project Greenlight kind of idea, but but more, it's on the web and, and it's international. Absolutely. And there's not, uh, I would say with Project Greenlight, like I, I've auditioned for Project Greenlight and I've gotten top 200 before, uh, which was really cool. And then after watching Project Greenlight, which I'm a fan of, there's a lot of drama that goes on and they like to capitalize on that. But with Jameson first shot, there's no drama. There's no incentive for them to have drama. Exactly. Where on Project Greenlight, they kind of want drama. Oh, like, yeah. this last season of Project Greenlight was so interesting oh because God. the show was really compelling. The director was was a character. Yes. There was drama with Effie, the producer, and all of this diversity, all, this, all of these issues come up. And then at the end, the film, 
gets overshadowed by the drama, and I didn't even end up watching the film. The reviews weren't very good. Did yeah. you end up watching the film? I did watch the film. There was so there were so many great moments right. in there, and watching the behind the scenes, I'm like, oh, I remember when they were doing that. Oh, I remember when they were having trouble. Oh, I remember when Effie was not liking this part. You know, right. so I mean, that, I, in a way, I couldn't enjoy the film. Right. Because it... It gets you, overshadowed. It really does. So, I mean, winning this contest, I was like, I this is the fifth year. Of this contest. So I've watched all the previous films. So you were really up to speed on this contest. You knew what it was. I stalked these people. I I wanted this more than anything. I wanted to win this more than anything. So, I mean, I watched the films. I watched the behind the scenes of it. And the films were beautiful. They were like 10 to 15 minutes a piece. Um, And that's the difference from Project Greenlight. That's a feature. These are short films. Right. Uh, So I I think that's the the biggest difference. So you had really done your homework on this project. Yeah. I I did, yeah. they... The winner gets to make their film. Do they give you X amount of budget and you have to figure out how to use it? Or Basically, they don't tell you the budget. They just say you, you have these limitations. But me, as a filmmaker, I've made so many films before, but I've financed them myself. Right. So, like, asking my friend if I can borrow their house and, like, redecorating that house or asking my friends that are very talented to be in this film. Except this time they were saying, here, here's five houses to choose from. Wow. Here's four different cars. So they which, really take care of a lot of the line producing type stuff for you. That's yeah. They, they wow. Because I won yeah. the um, HBO Shout short film contest in 2010. I did not know that. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I made a sh- my first directing uh, thing with uh, a film called Reunion, and they gave you fifteen thousand dollars. And I found out I made it. I entered in January. Found out I made it in February. Shot in March. Edited in April, premiered in May. Like, it was that intense. But they just said, here's $15,000. We like your script, go. Like, they weren't helping me produce at all. Yeah. But um, I got a team together, and we made it happen. It was very exciting. But with this, they would say, we're going to help you find your location. We're going to help you find... They had everybody. They had the the location managers. They had... The actors, we, which we had to audition for, we, they had our producers. Dana Bernardi was one of our producers, the House of Cards producer. Right, he's uh, it's like he, right? It is a he. He okay. did Fifty Shades of Grey as well. Amazing. Like, um, I mean, it's just what they. It, it's like a million dollar prize, you know. Except you don't have the cash. You you have this amazing experience worth a million dollars. Right. So, and, and you know in advance who's going to be in your film? Do they know? Write a film with a part for Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah, exactly. She's in all three of the films. She is. Yeah. Of the winning films. And I've only watched yours so far. I need to watch the other Oh, two. the other two, Jason and Cats. By the way, they're so fantastic. Uh, Cats from the UK. Jason's from Australia. And Jason's is a comedy. And Cats is like this, uh, about a homeless woman, heartbroken. And so mine's like this light, you know, lighthearted film. So, I mean, all three of them are so different. And Maggie does so great in all three of them. Now, were all three of you making them around the same time? Did yeah. you work together? Did you work... Did you share offices or anything like that? Yeah, we, we got... It was like a brother-sisterhood. Like, we, we instantly became magnets for each other, like, during out, during production. Uh, during the week, uh, I would have two days. I was up first. Kat was up next. And then Jason was up after us. So, I mean... In terms of shooting? And shoot, yeah. So, you had two days to shoot. They had two days. And, and Maggie went from film to film to film. Film to film to film. That's so cool. Yeah. And behind everything, the crew was getting ready for the next one being ready to shot. Right. And then the next one. So they were constantly on my set during lunch working on theirs as well. Right. So, so did you go first? I did. So they're like, hey, don't wear her out because we got, we, <sighs> have, we have, was yeah. it, did you feel pressure to go first? Um, 
it, it was like a catch-22. I, I, at first, I was like, okay, I, I really got to get my, my stuff together and uh, do this because I'm up first. And then when it was done, because it goes by so fast, you have like this 48 hours of intense magic that happens. Right. Well, you're living your dream and oh, then it's over. Yeah. So, I mean, and then when it was over, you're like, okay, good. I, I can focus on the editing. And I think that was the best part of everything was, you know, just seeing everything come together and, you know, yeah. So what I loved is the video where you found out you won the contest. They did something really clever. Break it down for us. Yeah, so this is the fifth year, as I said before. Um, previous years, the star has been Kevin Spacey, Uma Thurman, Adrian Brody, Willem Dafoe. So this year, and they usually announce it over Skype. Right. And um, who, got, who, who gets the, the prize over Skype? Exactly. Right. Yeah, the winners get the prize over Skype. So I, I downloaded Skype in hopes that I would win. But my best friend, Rebecca Tripp, who you will see in the video with me uh, when I find out I win, she was like, I have this important audition. She's a fabulous actor, by the way. I, you've seen her in Pretty Boy. Right. Oh, um, she's amazing. Yeah. she's. That's so, your other film. We're going to talk about that in a bit. In a second. In a uh, second. <laughs> okay. Coming up. Um, but yeah, having her with me during this experience was great. And the thing is, she got me out there secretly because she's like, I have this audition. My agent wants it like Clover. So you think style. it's going to be on Skype. Yeah. Your friend calls you and says, come help me with this audition. Right. And I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I, I really, if I win this, I don't want to miss the call. But she's like, it's on your phone. Don't worry about it. And she knew a week before. So she didn't know anything. I mean, I didn't know anything about it, but she did. She she had been looped in. She had. It's like a surprise party where the person is trying to get you out of the house. Right. So she... She got me to Hollywood Boulevard in front of the Fonda Theater, and I'm filming her feet, getting these close-ups inserts, and I look up and I see this, like, it looks like Cameron Throner, and I was like, that looks like my name, and I don't have my glasses on. So I, like, squint, and I'm just like, and I, it's my name, and I, like, almost... Sh- on the myself. marquee. Yeah. On the marquee of the Henry Fonda Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. Exactly. is my name. And, and what does it say under your name? It says uh, Beauty Mark, uh, a film by Cameron Thrower. And then on another marquee, it says produced by Kevin Spacey. And another marquee, it says starring Maggie Gyllenhaal. And it literally, if you look in the video, it takes me like five minutes to get myself together. They Thank God they're great editors. And they didn't get me crying like a baby because I was just... As I said, I wanted this more than anything. Like, I've been out here 10 years, and to have this moment on Hollywood Boulevard, where I used to walk to going to my restaurant job and have this happen to me, was really, really um, something I will never forget. And having this reality camera crew pop out, I was like, whoa, you know? And I was like, you guys don't have to be here for me. And I was like, you know, just trying to take care of them. But it was all there for you. It was. And I'm not used to that stuff. I was not used to it, but I was so grateful for it. And then the five bottles of whiskey comes out, and... Jameson celebrating, and I'm like, this is so surreal. That, now, see, if I, I don't drink, um, not that I'm sober or anything, but I don't drink. Right. But I would feel, I would be like, well, I'd be like, whiskey! Like, you know what I mean? I wouldn't be able to really own the whiskiness of it. Or maybe yeah. I would. I'd give it away. I'd get over it. I'd figure out yeah. a way. I'd figure out a way to Well, we weren't drinking that day, of so. Of course not. But you can, you know, like, yeah. it's just funny. Later that night, we were, though. Yeah. So, when the camera crews went away... We kind of celebrate it. So, so that video, which we'll also put a link to on, on uh, the Dennis Anyone page, um, that video is online too of you of you getting it. What don't we see in that video when we watch it? Uh, we see your shock and your surprise moment. Did you? Did you said you cried more than? I, I mean, I think it was more not a cry, but more of a breakdown that this was really happening to me. Right. Like, I mean, there were so many moments. I had thank God, Rebecca Tripp was there with me because I mean, we've been through so much. We've, as I said, worked on eight 
years worth of projects together. So, I mean, she knew how bad I wanted this. And she would just hold my hand, and I'd, like, tear up, like, watching the camera crew set up, you know, getting us to walk down the street or something. And um, during lunch, she was there. And it was just a really good taking in moment, you know? Like, I was like, I've got to take this in. I've got to take this in because I, I know how fast it's going to go. And you were afraid to leave the house because you were afraid you weren't going to be around to get the announcement. Yes. Wow. So I luckily, I mean, this is the first year they've done something like this. Jameson did. So, I mean, they really wanted to up the game um, and just really uh, say how much they love filmmaking because their their motto is Cinema Matu, which means living without fear. And they really wanted to capture that on camera is just a dream coming true, I think. So your script is called Beauty Mark. Yes. Your film. What were the parameters of of the script that you were to enter in the contest? It had to be no more than seven pages. Okay. Uh, it had to revolve around Maggie Gyllenhaal. Right. And you had to create a character for her. Right. And the whole theme was fearing less and letting life in. And once I figured that, once I watched her video, uh, which you can find on YouTube, announcing that she's going to be the person involved, right. what she was saying was just so genuine and just so... M- it inspired me because she was just like, men can write for women. Women can write for women. It doesn't matter as long as it's coming from you. And after hearing that, I'm like, oh, she's speaking to me. You know, like, it, it was just really bizarre. And then I just started coming up with this character for her. Like, I, I she's gorgeous one. She's talented. I, I actually just watched The Honorable Woman right before this contest. She's so ferocious in that. Oh. The, it's incredible. That, that whole... That whole miniseries is incredible. Yeah, and that's... She's so complicated and ferocious and sexy oh. and smart and fucked up and powerful. Anyway, yeah, you got to watch that. Yeah, it's, and just the way she communicates without saying a single word. Yeah. Her eye contact is something I really loved, and I was like, I would love this. Not, this is the first year I've heard about this, and it's the fifth year, and I'm like, how have I not heard about this yet? Yeah. So I, I went to work. I, I found out, I think it, October it came out. End of November, I found out. And me and my partner were going to Colorado to visit his family. And I was like, I only have like a week to do this. To write. So, to write. So I was up in the nook in the family house, writing away. Uh, and I told the family, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm going to come down for dinner and play with the babies. And then I got to go back up and write this thing. And they totally understand. And then after winning, they really understand. And they They're get like, it now. They get it. They're like, okay, good, we understand now. But they were, they were so supportive. And uh, But to go back to the whole thing uh we had to write for maggie um and just about the theme of like just going out there and not giving a fuck what anybody thinks you know right and that's living living the with less fear yeah. so tell us the synopsis of your movie i've seen it it's so wonderful and beautiful and sweet so thank you tell us a little bit about uh, the plot. first off i'm just so proud of it the way it turned out because it could have gone one or two ways but uh having maggie in my corner and kevin and dana and everybody at trigger street and this amazing cast and crew uh basically it's about uh beauty sales girl valerie williams she's a door-to-door sales woman in 1986 she comes upon mark uh, a customer and she teaches him that beauty isn't only skin deep right you know and she kind of teaches him uh that it's okay to be who you are and it turns out that uh mark is a trans woman right and uh she doesn't know how to deal with that but she forgets that and deals with the person right in the feelings and 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 mark asks for help yeah um and it's so beautiful and tender and i love the candy coloredness of it and oh yeah i'm obsessed with pinks and blues and and style in the 80s yeah what what were the meetings like with the, the trigger street people did they talk to you about uh 
production design and wigs or hair or whatever you're going to do. Everything. Like, how hands-on were they, and and what were those meetings like? Uh, First off, they gave you this family, and they they gave you this filmmaking playground where they're like, go play. Mm-hmm. And you have your, your lead costume woman, who is Emily, who is amazing. Then uh, makeup is Mary Ann. Like, these people work on films. But this is like their summer camp where they come right. back to. So they're so professional. Before I knew I won, they had these lookbooks already being made for me. Like Of like how to, oh my gosh. Here's your makeup. What do you think of this palette? Here's your furniture for uh, your house. What do you think about these? Um, and that's the thing I love about filmmaking is that these people take your ideas and make them their own. And then at the end of the day, you come back together and say, what is best for the story? Right. So that's, that's I think, one of the best. But they gave you everything. And when did you first meet Maggie? I met her a week before we shot. Because we had auditions for uh, Mark, the character Mark. Right. Who's Connor O'Farrell. Who's he does a terrific job. Freaking brilliant. But you had to find a good Mark. We I mean, were, if you had Maggie and the story and all this stuff and you didn't have a Mark, yeah. you would have been screwed. I was a little worried about that part. That yeah, was my it's worry. Tough, it's a tough... Yeah. Character. But uh, seeing Mark and the, uh, Connor in the audition, because we auditioned like 30, 40 Marks. Right. In three days. So I was just like, who do we pick? I was looking at all the dailies from it, and uh, Connor really stuck out, and uh, he's just brilliant. He's actually one of my favorite shows, which I didn't know until I cast him. What show? True Blood. Oh, wow. He was okay. like the warden, like the badass on that show. All right. And I was like, what a character difference. What a change. What yeah. a range, you know? So I was like, I really want to give him this opportunity and see what he can what he does with it and right. it's so good so you met Maggie a week before I did yeah we had uh, it was so bizarre to me because we went I the rehearsals were at our house in the Hollywood Hills right and I was like okay so we, we drive up there and again I'm passing the restaurant that I work at two days a week you know and it's just so bizarre because I'm, I'm usually going this way but now I'm going this way in another direction to work. What restaurant is it? Uh, Bubblegum Shrimp Company. Oh, right on. Yeah. At, at uh, Universal. Uh, maybe. I don't want to okay. get my secret location away. Right, exactly. Wink, yes. Right, awesome, okay. No, uh, but I've been there nine years and they're so flexible. But um, You know what? It works. It does. I read one of the interviews where you said you came out here and you were doing production and you were around movies and, and, and TV and production all day long. But it was so draining and demanding that you weren't able to do your own thing. Right. And when you switched to the restaurant thing, you were able to, to blossom as a filmmaker. Is yeah. that right? Absolutely. Uh, working on the sets and just being there, you had all these ideas. And I'm like, I had no time to write these because I'm taking care of actors or I'm, I'm working with these directors. But thank God I had that experience because it taught me so much besides film school. Right. And working with directors and working with second seconds and, you know, how how to make decisions so quick. Right. Because I think that's one of the biggest things about being a filmmaker is making decisions on the fly. You right. know, you have to give those decisions out. But yeah. Uh, but going up to the uh, the hills and meeting with her and then knocking on her door and I thought like her assistant would come out and greet me and right. say welcome but it was actually Maggie that greeted me at the door and she just you know said welcome I'm so excited about this project and gave me the biggest hug and we sat down we shared a fruit plate and Connor was there and we were just rehearsing and we were talking about how important the story was and it's so weird because that day was the day that uh, they passed the North Carolina Law. Oh my goodness! So we were like that day was the day they passed the law. The what, what was it called? It's the bathroom law. It was the bathroom law. It, I don't know what it was right. called, but yeah, yeah. Okay. but it it really struck a chord with us because we're like, this is not a good decision right. on North Carolina because we love North Carolina. I'm from South Carolina. I know. 
So hearing that and knowing how Maggie's going to do, Connor got, I think, got the in, uh, the inspiration from this as well, how important the story was. Right. And we just wanted to tell it the best way we could. Right, right, right. What, what did she say about your script to you? Did she say, I love this, I'm excited? Well, she had, there was 3,000 to choose from. Right. And uh, she, and then there was a top 20, and then she, I, I, she liked it, you know? She, she I, was one of the, she must have been one of the people that chose. She did. Yeah. Yeah, her and Kevin were, like, the top people to decide. Uh, the people at Trigger Street and, I think, Dana Bernetti and Carter Swan, they all came together and, like, condensed this for Maggie. Right. And she, they're like, here you go. Um, and then she chose, and then I... I I think what appealed to her the most is that this character, like, you know, has so much dialogue that she never says. You know, it's a woman about going to different living rooms, maybe like 3,000 living rooms a year. Right. You know, and I think your problems start to go away when you lend an ear to other people. Right. And I think that's what she was doing. So, I mean, you really don't see that she has a lot of problems her character does. Right. Because she helps other people out. Um, how, what were your interactions like with Kevin Spacey? Was he, he's not in the film, but he's no. Trigger Street as his production company. Right. How in the mix was he? He, he was very heavily involved, meaning like he would, uh, talk to the, cause we were so busy dealing with the actors, right. shot list, like constantly busy. He would just check in, you know, with the producer saying, how, how, how are the kids doing? You know, I right. assume. And then he would watch all the dailies and he would approve and then he would approve the final cut. How often did you interact with him? Well, he was actually filming, I believe, on location, so we actually didn't have that much interaction. You met him and yeah. talked to him a little bit. Yeah, and then at the premiere was when we really got to, like, dive into, like, um, how it went and, like, just how proud he was of us. Well, it seems like to me, for him, for Trigger Street, for Jameson, yes, there's publicity around it, but they're probably doing it because they believe in discovering young people. It doesn't seem like a... a you know, just about getting their name out there. Oh, it no. seems like it's it's like there's a labor of love element to it. And did you get that sense from them oh when you God. talked to them? Yeah, they they're all about their filmmakers. Uh, it's, it goes back to Kevin Spacey, meaning he likes. He said it's, it's from his uh, mentor Jack Lemon that sending the elevator back down. Right. It's his way of saying it's so interesting. You say that because there are certain celebrities that I feel like are are good about that, and certain ones that I. I don't get that sense from it, even though you don't know everything about them. But there's people that you feel like send the elevator back down, and that's so lovely. And I I believe the same way with Maggie. Like, Maggie was there uh, treating this like a big blockbuster, treating this like a, you know, zillions of dollar movie. Like, she she didn't care. She just wanted to tell the best story. Tell me about the moment when you had to direct her or, or give her a note or say, try it like this, or, you know, you have to step up. Yeah, it's, I think what I've learned is the most important thing with directing is collaborating. Right. And uh, taking those ideas and making, making them your own. And the way I look at it is like a maestro of a, a conduct, uh, of an orchestra. And you're, you're conducting these people who know how to play these instruments. But you're like, oh, let's do a little staccato. Or let's raise up the tempo a little bit. Let's right. do this. I mean, I, I I think just the collaborating and coming up with ideas, that was the way we were directing an actor relationship together, which was really good. I don't remember any notes of me just saying, do it like this, you know, because she was blowing me away. Like, having right. her uh, say the, the words that I wrote for her was mind-blowing, you know? Like, so, I mean, but she, she did different takes. 
different ways. And she's like, is that cool? I mean, there'd be so many times of just like me motivating her saying, I mean, I would just gay out and be like, get it, girl. Especially, it was, I was like, and everybody on set would laugh, and I was like, oh. You're behind the monitor, and you're like, get it, girl. Oh, you have no, especially in the bathroom scene, like, right. when she's getting ready and, like, doing the hairspray, I was like, feel it. I was like, that hairspray is your Shira sword. Yeah. You know? And she was like, cool, got it. It's like those little notes that I feel like benefited her the most. And if I would have said, do this different, or do, I think that wouldn't have been benefiting for the story, you know? Right. But it's more more about motivating. More empowering. Oh, absolutely. What was it like picking the, the 80s props and costumes and oh, so the makeup fun. and the little case and all of that stuff? Yeah. Uh, well, Emily and Marianne and uh, Elena, the production designer, just brought all this stuff to me and I was in 80s heaven, like from the briefcases, from the outfits, like... Emily designed these outfits based on, like, Jackie Onassis, like, JFK style, and, like, all these other influences, and it was just really cool to see what she did, and, like, she, I was like, let's go bigger shoulder pads, you know, like, you know, the hat like this, and Marianne came up with this beautiful blonde wig. Well, it's a little Mary Kay inspired, but I don't even know what Mary Kay really looked like, I just know of it, Mm -hmm. like, I don't even know, did they... They were pinkish, right? Like, what I was, think did was, you do a lot of research? Oh, I in did that world? so much research. Yeah. I especially when I was writing it, and I had my Pandora on eighty station, and right? They would like wear uh, pattern clothing, tight hip, yeah, uh, shoulder pads, baby hats, right? Um, so I really wanted to design this company door to door beauty of something similar to that, but something more like popular or. You know, I think Mary Kay was going out of style at the time. Right. In my mind. And this is the new company. This is the hip competitor. Oh, hell yeah. This is Maggie working it. She's the top seller. Everybody in the neighborhood knows her. So the movie's now up online. Like, so from the time you direct, uh, you found out you got it. Yeah. The day at the Henry Fonda to the moment that it went up online. How many months are we talking? We shot it, we had a rap party, and then everybody went away, and then you got to kind of do your own thing and kind of reflect, and then three months later, everybody comes back. We just had our premiere two and a half weeks ago, three weeks at the Paramount Theater. Wow. Um, so that On the lot. On, on the, the lot. lot. Paramount lot, yeah. Yeah. In the theater. Uh, so we had like a green carpet, Kevin, Maggie, everybody was there. So that was... Uh, so cool and then we got pictures taken and then we had a big Q&A with them three of us and then um, yeah and wow. then after that they released the then films online then it was online. right up online people yeah. can watch it where do they go to watch it they can go to YouTube they can go to Vimeo and look up uh, Beauty, Beauty Mark, Mark by Cameron Thrower by Cameron or Thrower. actually go to JamisonFirstShot.com yeah. and watch the other two films along with Beauty Mark yeah. back to back that's so cool um, so you're going to be bonded with these other filmmakers oh their brother and sister, Kat and right. Jason, watch their films. They are so good. Right. Um, I, I'm addicted to them, so I'm addicted to their films. And they're both back in the UK. And- they're UK, Australia right now. Kat's actually working on a feature film right now. Jason's, he's an actor. He's in a big show right now. So, How does winning something like that, having that experience, empower you? How does it m- help you moving forward? I think the most it gives you the confidence to walk into a room now. I mean, after dealing yeah, with yeah, somebody saw something great in me, special in me. I have something. I I think I, I mean I don't like to toot my own horn enough, but I mean I literally from inside it just gives me the confidence saying that I've I've dealt with these people and they were so great to me and I'm like this is how I imagined it and it actually was like this and right. I have nothing to be scared of now. Now I just need to focus on great storytelling. 
Right. And that's what I want to do. I think one big yes like that every once in a while can buy you a, a few more years of 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 struggle or, oh, or yeah. trying to make it happen. Yeah. Because, right? I mean, before this in, like, October, December when I was, like, uh, uh, doing this, writing the script, you know, I was at a point I was like... All right, cool. I mean, cause I, I mean, Pretty Boy was there, you know, and I was right. so excited about that. But I'm like, I don't know what to do next. Like, how do I compete with my last film? Like, I'm so proud of it. And but this came along. I was like, there's no way I can win this. You know, there's no way. And then I did. And I was like, okay, I have a lot more time in me. When you when it was over, the shoot was over. You're in the middle of the three month, whatever, and you're back in your life, maybe oh. at the restaurant or whatever. You're like, did that happen? Oh, that every happened? day, every day. Did that happen? Yeah, yeah. Because everything's different, but it's not that different. No. Yeah. It's especially when you're talking with friends and you, you, you you've lived it, and they haven't, and they're just asking you questions like, "How was the experience?" I mean, you get to relive it over again, and I love talking about it because it was such a positive experience for me. Right. You know, and I love pimping out the other two filmmakers. I'm right. like, you got to see their films. Because they're like, we saw Beauty Mark. And I'm like, great, well, watch these other two filmmakers. Like, yeah. they're so good. What's your favorite memory of the shoot? I think... A moment. Uh, just... I think just... when I think when everybody was setting up, it was me outside with Maggie and Connor, who plays Mark. And they were just chilling. Maggie had her wig off. And we were just talking about the characters. And we were just laughing and just having normal conversation. And... It didn't even shock me that she was this big celebrity. She was actually, like, just a friend I was talking to. And I think that's where everything started to click for me that I can do this. You know, it's not about... What, I belong here. I can I, yeah. I can be with these people and do this thing. Exactly. And not worry about, am I fucking up? Or right. if I'm doing something wrong. It's about telling the best story. Yeah. Now, we first met through your film, Pretty Boy, your previous movie. It was wonderful by the way thank you beautiful I saw it in a film festival in North Hollywood my friend Matt Zarley's film was in there who I love Matt we got to bonding at one of the cocktail parties and stuff like that um, but you'd made like 20 shorts before I read that yeah how many short films have you made a- around there around right. 20 and that includes like some spec commercials like little right. music videos uh, but mostly just learning my craft and just doing it and Pretty Boy is wonderful. Tell us a little bit about the story of that, because it's also available online. Yeah. Uh, so we, we really wanted to take a leap with Pretty Boy. We wanted to put everything we had into it, like a big budget for the first time, uh, awesome DP, like these amazing actors. Uh, basically, Pretty Boy is about a young man named Sean. His father takes him to a motel room, rents him a hooker for the night, and he has to sleep with her to fix his questionable homosexuality. But throughout the night, uh, prostitute uh, Katie... And him become the support they've needed all along. Um, that's what. It's what about. inspired that story? It was so heartfelt and beautiful. Well, when um, I saw it. Well, I'm I'm originally from South Carolina, and you hear horror stories about this, right? And I was just like, I've never been in, through anything like that, but you still have the same feelings growing up about not fitting in and wanting to be a part of something. So I really wanted to create these story between these two characters and uh, just put something out there for the youth today. To watch, you know, because right. online people are making these features that have these great messages, but sometimes these kids don't have that time to watch those features when their parents are out grocery shopping right. or out of way. So we wanted to make this short film, 31 minutes, they would have enough time to watch it and get the message and hopefully go on through life and just be inspired and just do great things. Feel less alone. Exactly. Because once you're out of whatever you're in, there's a family waiting for you. And I think... That's what I've learned, you know? What was it like for you growing up? Did you feel um, 
like you couldn't come out or did you feel how did you feel about all that stuff it was it was really looking back at it everything happens for a reason you know i i didn't come out until i was about 19 years old um i i i I had girlfriends growing up who i actually really loved but as a best friend but you know you don't know that uh and just uh the parents somewhat supporting you, but not knowing how to support you. Right. I think that was the biggest thing because there's there's not a lot of gay people or LGBT community around. Yeah, how big was your town? It was not big at all. Right. It, I mean, it was a small town with a little theater, um, gas stations, you know, a couple stoplights. But it's grown so much. Right. And Charleston's right there. But I, I think growing up and whenever I moved away, it got so much better. But I was lucky enough to have. So many friends. And then I think uh, a couple years later when I did move away, uh, family started coming around. They're like, he's doing his own thing. And when they met my partner, I think the gay went away and they just met the person, you know, in a way. Uh, so I think... And is, it's your partner that I've met. That, Wiley, yeah, 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 yeah. You guys have been together how long? 13 years. Wow. How old were you when you met? I was 23. Wow. And he was three years older than me. So I think when they met him... Um, when I was about 24, 25, they're like, okay. I mean, they've always supported me, but they really supported the relationship. That's fantastic. Uh, so I have, my mom is amazing. My stepdad is amazing. Where did you meet? Uh, we met through a mutual friend, cliche, at a bar. Were you living in LA? San Jose. We met in San, San Jose. Jose. I okay. was doing the AmeriCorps program at right. the time. I was reading about that. Yeah. So I was doing that, you know you got to get out of South Carolina somehow. Right. So that was my ticket out. So was, they, Which is kind of like a Peace Corps type thing. It is. So I got to teach theater to like kindergarten through 12th grade about homophobia, gang violence, uh, conflict resolution, and do these skits with them. And that was a full-time gig. It was full-time. And it they was, pay your living expenses and it like, was like how does that work? 72 hours a week. And since it was a volunteer program, you were paid like $215 a week. So, so you had to you had to get a like uh, an apartment with four other people, right? Two bedroom and like share these rooms, and you had to like get on like food stamps in a way like they, that's how you did. Right. They sort of create a situation where you could just get by and do this thing exactly because they want you to relate to these kids that you're helping. Wow. So did it, you feel like you knew what to tell them when you started? I, Were they like, here, go teach? No, like, I mean, I feel like they taught me more than anything because we would do these skits and, like, you'd see these kids in the corner that wanted to participate but didn't want to embarrass themselves. And you right. would have that chance, that one-on-one, to be like, what's going on? And they're like, well, I felt that way in the skit, either if they were gay or if they were bullied or something like that or, you know, abused. And you would have the opportunity to be like, so what's going on? And you learn from them. Um, and then after hearing all these stories... I was like, in having my film background in film school, I was like, I finally have stories to tell. Right. You know, and I finally have an audience that I know that's out there that needs this. Right. So it sort of really informed the work that you wanted to do, the stories you wanted to tell, the audience that you wanted yeah. to reach. How long did you do it for, the AmeriCorps thing? I did it for like two, two and a half years. Oh, what was so. the worst day? <sighs> uh, there, were, there were a couple. I mean, it's you're struggling, it's... I think just the hours really got to you sometimes. You're just like, it really questions about your humanity because I think once you're giving all yourself to something and you have no time for yourself, really, it just makes you question. But at the very end of the day, when you're going to bed at night, you're like, okay, cool. 
I did that. I feel so refreshed. Were you working with all kinds of different kids, or would you work for this with the same kids over a period of time? Uh, you would. We would work with so many kids. It was different kids every single day. We would travel in this little van. Wow. And visit all these little schools. Uh, but I think dealing with like the teenagers that were in these programs that they had to go to were the hardest because they were. They, they didn't of, want to be there. They didn't want to be there. It was about the gangs and like the abuse and that's why we were there so we were doing these skits in front of these kids and they would just be like what you know and you would have to like connect with them and so just trying to connect which we ended up doing you know eventually but dealing with the first and second graders I loved doing that the most right. I think because they were so open so open minded and they just loved it what was the best day I think the best day was uh, just having kids I think we had this. I had this kid come up to me, and we were at this retreat, and he knew I was out. Right. And he was just like, "So, what is it like to be out?" And I was like, "And I was in a place where I was so safe, so comfortable, and I had a partner at the time." And I said, "And I and I was where he was eventually in the past, in where I'm from." And I just remember saying, "It's such a freeing feeling to be able to walk down the street and not even think about." that you're gay anymore right? or that people are looking at me because of this. You know, it's, it's just a, such a freeing feeling. And then he was like, okay. And then later on we're Facebook friends uh, a couple years down the road. And he was like, you're right. Totally got it. And then he said, I will never forget that conversation that we had. Wow. So I mean like something like that. You made a difference. I, I guess. Yes, it, you did. I'll I guess. You don't need to own it. I, I guess. I, I don't know. That's but cool. it, it stuck with me. But it taught me more than anything that you have the power to go out there and help people and not be selfish. Right. And that's what, you know, I want to do with my films. How often do you hear from one of those kids like online or stuff? Well, I, I just see, I, I mean, not really much. It's been, I think about eight years now that I've right. been in the program, out of the program. So I just see them and I see them that they've grown. I see them getting married now. Uh, but to, you hear from them sometimes. You keep in touch with a few of them, or not really? Yeah. Uh, there, there's a couple that email me back and forth saying, yeah. "How's it going?" And especially my crew. Right. You know, the crew I definitely stay in touch with. Um, but yeah, you just have those great memories with them. So I mean, definitely cityyear.org. Look it up. I know. If who, you want to know, I know. So it's like the Peace Corps, but you stay probably in the states. Yeah, and, and they have one in LA now. Um, which they did not have whenever right. I was in it, but thank God because I wouldn't have met my partner right. in San Jose. So How did you meet your partner? Like he was up there doing something else? No, he lives there. He lives he there. Was a, uh, he was a dancer, choreographer, um, and then uh, we were introduced by friends. And while you were there. While and then we were what's there. the decision to move to L.A.? I, after the AmeriCorps program, I just really wanted to get out here and start making stuff. I wanted to be on an actual set. Right. I was on a set when I was 21 called The Notebook. I don't know if you've heard of that movie. The Notebook? I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, So what were you doing at 21 on The Notebook? Well, I wanted to be on a film set because I've never been on one and I was in film school and I just wanted to like be around it and it changed my life. It was like, wow. I was on the Ferris wheel for three days straight with Ryan Goslin and Rachel McAdams and he was hanging upside down with his... I guess his pants were off at the time. Right. Um, And he was just expressing his love saying, go out with me, go out with me. So... Every time that scene comes on, I, like, cannot get it out of my head. But scene... So you were on the Ferris wheel? Yeah. Were you an extra? I was. In that scene? What a great scene to be an extra in. Right. So you're sitting on a Ferris wheel for 
10 hours a day. Oh, it was like 13 hours oh a day. Oh, my gosh. And did you need the bathroom at certain points? But you couldn't get off you because couldn't. every Just time, every time, they would give you like a four, every four hours, they would be like, all right, bathroom break. And it would take forever <laughs> to get us off because they would have to one at a time. Yeah. It's like a real ride, you know. Oh, my um, gosh. So getting back up there and just resetting. and But it was great because uh, Nick Cassavetti was on the crane. And I, I think I was, like, right there looking at And I just saw him interact. And he hardly said anything because they've done their homework together. They right. met previously. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to meet with these actors, take them out to eat, take them out to dinner, um, and get to know what they want to do with the character. Right. If you watch the movie, would we see you? If you squint hard enough, right? I have like long hair and a hat in the nineteen thirties, forties. But I try to pause it. I, I can see myself. What was Ryan Gosling like? He was he was, he. I didn't know who he was, right? Because it was before everything. So yeah. I mean, he was really great, and we us extras would be hanging over there, and uh, yeah, he would just walk over and he'd be like, "You guys got a cigarette for me?" Wow, and he loved a cigarette. I, he did, yeah, and he was just really chill and really nice. And then he just Rachel made, McAdams. I didn't know who she was at the time. Yeah, I had no. I tried to Google these people, and that was before Google became big at the time. Right. Um, but I, I heard that she was in the Hot Chick at the time, and I right. didn't know what that was. And she was really sweet. But after that movie, after seeing it, two I think it was a year and a half later, and it just blew up. It became the summer blockbuster hit. Right. And you were in it. You were there. But being on the set made you want to be a filmmaker, really yeah. further that passion and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you picked some questions from the observation deck, so let's I check did. out these. What's your favorite souvenir from a job? Um, I would have to say uh, I keep my aprons from my job, my, my work aprons. Right. Definitely. And from, they, the different, from the different places that you work. Yeah, and I always have my last, uh, you know, when you clock out from right. work, my last, like, little slip in that little book tucked away, and I save them. And then it was done. How done. many different restaurants would you say you've worked at? I've worked, oh, my God. I've worked at probably over six or seven. Right. Only a couple in L.A., because I've been at um, my job that I have right now for, like, nine years. Right. Because two, three days a week, flexible, they're great, and, uh, but yeah. But you get a lot of tourists, I would think. Lots of tourists. And how is that? What is that like? Um, it's, you know what? Some tourists don't know how to tip. Right. Well, you know what? Americans don't know how to tip. Right. So uh, you're just like, what is going on? But there's different ways you can approach it, you know, uh, and, and educate these people, you know. One day I want to do a video about tipping. Why not? And put it on, like, airplanes. Yeah. You know, like so the, the safety, can, yes. safety videos, maybe, and yeah. be like, we tip here. Yeah. Sometimes. Because I know uh, my friend in the UK, they don't tip. Right. So whenever she comes to visit me, she's like, should I leave a tip? I'm like, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> 20%, girl. That's 20, right. 20%, 10%. 10% if they're having a bad day. Right. 20%. 25% if they just, like, blew you away. Have you waited on famous people? I have. Who have you waited I on? have. I used to work at the French Quarter in West Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Remember the French Quarter? I love... Well, it's gone, right? It's gone. It just went away this year. The French year. Market. I mean, French Market. Right, the, right, right. The restaurant was called French Quarter. Right, okay. Inside. I, I was there for two and a half years. I right. loved it. Um, I waited on a couple... Um, Seth Rogen always loved to come there. And, Seth Rogen. Yeah, he was there. Um, 
And I always loved uh, your your friend Jackie Beat. Jackie Beat, yes. Hey, Jackie, used to come there. That's a great place to go. It was a great place to go after a show late at night. Yeah. I bet Jackie would show up in drag. Well, it was in the daytime. I worked the morning shift. There you go. I worked the morning shift. So, I mean, it was always... You have all these great people coming in there. I remember uh, Margaret Cho and... Yeah, a lot of other people. Sure. And I was just like fascinated because I, mean, I was so young at the time and I was right. just like these are my idols you know like icons and everything that's so cool you have the best attitude you have a really great positive sunny attitude were uh, you always that way growing up uh thank you I don't yes think, no, no you do uh, you, even when I met you at that party you like your energy you're, and you're a big cheerleader for other people you're not always like hey this is what I've got going on you're you're like a you're like a sunny person I don't know I I, I just I, I I love people. Right. Literally, I love people. And I only surround myself with people that um, really make me smile. I know that's so fucking corny, but it's it's true. Like, I, I love, like, Matt and Hank, you, and you're the same way, so... Oh, thank you. Yeah, like, there's... What keeps you going when you get discouraged? Uh, I guess what keeps me going. Uh, just, there's something in my head, like, whenever I hear music... And it just keeps me writing in a way, right. you know? And, like, I'm surrounded by, like, six, seven people that I'm always around. Uh, I think Rebecca Tripp. Right. Uh, who I absolutely love. Jeremy She's Ro- the actress that's in Pretty Pretty Boy. Yeah. And where can people watch that, by the way? Go to prettyboymovie.com. Okay. And you can just click on a link. And I believe it's, like, one ninety nine to rent it. It's so worth it. But it's so all good. that money goes right back into the budget that we're still paying off. So, so there you go. Exactly. Uh, uh, but it's so good. Surrounding myself with like uh, my best friend Jeremy Rodriguez, right. uh, my partner Wiley Ho, uh, Jackie Adam, and just uh, so many other people. Lars, uh, these are people that I want to grow old with. Right. I really do, and uh, they just motivate me to be better. Did you take any? Speaking of souvenirs, did you take anything from your shoot? From the uh, Beauty Mark shoot? I didn't. Any of the fun little cosmetic-y things? No, but at the premiere, we took that poster right there. Oh, that's an amazing... You should take that poster. Yeah. I'm going to take a picture of that before we leave, and I will post it on the thing. That's a wonderful poster. Did you get to design it? Uh, well, no, they designed it in Ireland at the Jameson place. Their, right. Their PR people did, and I loved it from the first time I saw it, because I, I described what I wanted. I was like, right. I want these fun colors. Um, pinks, blues, and I want right. this fun font for the title, and they just totally did it, and they gave me a lot of pink in there. They gave you, you a lot of pink, there are different <laughs> shades of pink. That's so interesting, because you, they took care of a lot of stuff about it. Like, with yeah. the HBO thing, like, I designed the poster, I designed, wow. like, yeah, in a way it was, it was exciting. They're just like, here's a check, see you in a few months. And you're like, shit! Yeah, that's what I thought this was gonna be like. But they were really, they really collaborated. Oh, they, that's it was amazing. hands-on. It was that's really awesome. hands-on. Um, what's your idea of the perfect day? Um, I would say I, I love going to the North Hollywood Diner. I love right writing, um, walking my dogs, making sure one of them gets their medicine. Um, what's your dog that needs medicine? What kind of medicine does he uh, need? He, he just needs a little steroid. He has this like okay. uh, uh, spinal 
mm. thing going on. Okay. But he's a lot better now. Good. So making he's sure on he the has mend. Some, he's, on, he's on the mend, exactly. Nice. And then just, I, I think, just writing a little bit more and then going to my favorite little hole-in-the-wall bar. Nice. And hanging out with some great friends, and then that's a great day for Having me. a Jameson, maybe. Jameson <laughs> and Ginger. Where's your hole-in-the-wall? Uh, there's a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, there's, a co- there's this place called the Foxhole. Right on. Which is like this 1970s. I'm a dive bar freak. Like, I don't right. have to drink when I go there. I like just being there. Yeah. And the smell of like the 1970s, 80s cigarettes in there. Right. You're just like, oh, so inspired. Yeah. It's so you know? good. Yeah. yeah. What movie have you seen more than any other movie? Shit. Um, I would have to say uh, Dirty Dancing is my... It holds up. Right. And that's the thing. Those are the kind of movies... It's so good. It's so good. Those are the kind of movies I want to make. Same thing with, like, the 16 Candles. I mean, 30 years later, like, looking back now, like, they're not the best films in the world, but they do something to your heart. Yes. You and know? they always do. They, I even saw the stage play when they did the Dirty oh, I'm Dancing dying play. to see that. Yeah, it was great. Like, it, they didn't do it like a musical. Like, they were very... Like, Baby and, and Johnny don't sing. Yeah. They just dance and act, and then there's other people singing or whatever. But even that was fun. That movie, to me, the lesson of that movie was it was a very specific vision. Mm-hmm. Like the Catskills at that time, the, 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 you know, the, the Jewishness of it. The, like it was a very, it wasn't sort of a whitewash, let's try to make sure everyone is appealed to here. Yeah. It was very specific and it got its details right. And I think the lesson is if you, if you can be specific and authentic, it becomes universal mm-hmm. because it's so well observed or whatever. And the casting. Oh, I was just going to say I mean, Jennifer Grey, Patrick Swayze. And of course, you know, the onset drama, like they did not like each other yeah. during Red Dawn when they shot that. Right. So them coming on, like Patrick had to give the uh, AOK saying it's okay. And then them working through it, you can actually tell how frustrated they were. And they used some of those takes, especially right. during the tickling down the arm. Right. That was real authentic Patrick Swayze being pissed off. Right. And just the love that they had at the very end of that um, was so great. And the music, the soundtrack, and all the characters. And I, the thing that I love the most, they were at the Catskills. They lived there for three months. These extras lived there. They right. literally were having so much sex, and which they were told not to. But you know when you're grinding on somebody. Right. 13 hours a day. Something's going to happen. Right. You know? They're dirty dancing. Right. And I love the idea that there's this night spot where people go and they dirty dance. Yeah. Like, it's happening. It could be happening right now in this apartment complex. There could be a whole dirty dancing And you want to be a part of that. Right. Somehow. Yes. But, you know. You bring a watermelon. Right. I would. I would totally bring a watermelon. And then I'm also obsessed with the line, nobody puts baby in the corner. Because... It's like this rallying cry. Everyone knows that line. But it was basically just because they sat her there. Like, it wasn't really... Nobody was, like, a pressing baby. She just picked the wrong chair. But Patrick's like, no! She should be not in a corner. Anyway, I don't know. I can't quite uh, get what they were going for But see, that that movie brings up so many emotions. Exactly. It gets it going. There's a wonderful uh, film producer named Lindsay Duran who gives a speech about... um, the psychology of storytelling and, and why audiences gravitate to certain movies and why they remember them and and what is it that stories should have based on these examples from history that might make them more likely to connect and she makes the point of like she she 
called a friend of hers up, and I'm paraphrasing. You should try to find the talker or, or yeah. see her speak if you can. She called a friend of hers up who's obsessed with Dirty Dancing, and she said, what's the final scene of, what's the end of Dirty Dancing? What's, what happens at the end of Dirty Dancing? And she goes, Jennifer does the leap into Patrick Swayze's arm. She goes, oh, that's not the final scene. She goes, yes, it is. It's the final. I've seen it a million times. That's fine. She goes, it's not. And there's a scene afterwards where Jennifer connects with her father. And Lindsay makes the point of it's not the victory. It's who you share the moment with after. Mm. Like in Rocky, he doesn't even win the fight. He, he's, it's, he loses. Yeah. But he overcomes and then he has the relationship. It's about the relationship. It's not about the victory. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's such an interesting thing. A lot of our favorite movies, if you look back, we think it's about the, the win. Mm. And it's not. It's about the people and the relationships. And the wants, the needs, and... Yeah. yeah, and all of that. So anyway, I, I digress. But let's have a movie. Uh, let's have a movie night. Me, you, and Matt. And watch his, his, his dive, dive in. Theater. Yeah. Have so, you been to the dive no, in theater? I, we're supposed to go maybe next week. I think. So our so. friend Matt has a backyard, and he put a screen and a projector back there over his pool. And we're going, Matt. And we're, we're going to go. We watched week. the the pilot of Stranger Things at <gasps> the dive in theater. Oh I know. I, I, I only saw the first episode, but I'm all about the dive in. Okay, the other picture, the other question you picked was who would you like to collaborate with professionally? Um, I love that you act like these are, that, that you, the, well, that those, are, yeah, are you the, picked uh, challenging questions. I did, but those are like the ones that aren't like superstar questions. Right. Um, yeah, so I think the, the biggest collaborating person i mean i've already got to i mean after collaborating with you know kevin and maggie and everything it it just makes you want to continue this journey and i and i and this is the weird thing uh another 80s film this is so bizarre elizabeth shoe right you know who that is right of course done adventures and babysitting adventures and babysitting so i mean eventually like who knows i would love to because that's such an icon to me you know right um i i think she was great in cocktail she just represents a lot of have you ever seen molly I've seen it's some of that. It's rough going. It's kind of one of my favorite <laughs> bad movies. But God bless her. It's brought me a lot of joy. And see, I didn't, yeah. I didn't like CSI too much. But. You didn't like what? CSI. I mean, oh, CSI. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, I thought she was good, but. I do love actors who, who like, they, they have their blockbuster moment, they have their indie moment, they have their indie cred moment, and then they're like, you know what? Fucking give me a CBS show and I'm just going to cash a check. I'm done. I'm I'm like, it's fine. So I don't begrudge any actor their CBS paycheck show. I feel like she has so many other great roles in her, though, and just... Maybe you're the one to write it. Do you have... um, You know, you made a lot of short films. Do you have your feature script that's like burning, you know, that you're burning to get out there and... Yeah, it's lighting my ass on fire right now, actually. Good. It's a a hard leap to make. I have a challenge with that. Yeah. Because shorts... Shorts, like you get an idea, they almost come out of you like, yeah. like um, I don't know, like they just come out of you. Mm-hmm. And then features are a much harder road. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have so many feature ideas, um, which, I, which I'm doing right now. I mean, right. I, I love drag queens so much. And right. I feel like they're the best performers out of anybody out there because not only do they have to perform to be a woman... But you're also a man performing to be a woman, you know, right. as this illusion. And I and I feel like you have a lot of people to please in a way, you know. And uh, I just I love them so much. I feel like there's just so much magic within that. So I mean, I have a feature I'm writing called Queens of the Sunrise Trailer Park. I love it. Um, 
So in a couple more shorts, uh, but we're, we're just waiting to see kind of this month. I'm in limbo right now, so. Well, also, to go back to short films, I just wanted to say that I loved your film. If we took a holiday. Oh, thank you. So much. I want to, I, I, when we're done with this, I want to talk to you about how you got it on Vimeo and stuff like that, because we need to do that. Oh, my but God. it's tricky it's because so it's good. SAG. Are you, you're your actor SAG? Yeah. So you did, you figured out how to do we'll that. We'll talk about that after We'll talk this. about it afterwards. Yes. <laughs> See, it's like filmmakers have to share, you know. Secrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah, really yeah, secrets, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. Have you heard from any people that have seen Beauty Mark online and reached out to you or... Is there, is there a place where people comment or anything like that? Yeah, you. I mean, after you watch it, watch. I mean, comment on YouTube, comment right. on Vimeo. Like, uh, we've gotten so many great comments saying, "Thank you for making this." Uh, Maggie is my, you know, my my superstar. You know, right? We we thank her so much for doing this, and uh, it's just been really awesome with the feedback. Because you know, as I said, like this this film could have gone one or two ways. And after what were your worries that it would just not work that it would seem too campy or well, I mean, I, I patronizing knew, or I, I don't know I, I think the thing that I was worried about making it I knew it was so makeup heavy and right. we only had two days to make this so I just wanted the makeup to be perfect because Mark changes four different times in this right you know from man to his dressing to his final look with Valerie until the ending right so I was like how are we going to do this and I wanted to to like have this transition of not did, him looking too good did you in the, shoot in order or did you have to go out of order we went out of order right it was all over yeah um, so we just really wanted to make sure that was concise and the continuity was okay with that but after right. that was over I was like okay we got some magic in the can right but after you watch it comment it let us know what you think you know uh, I'm proud of it I'm a you proud pop be. It's yeah. really amazing. Do you do you check up on the comments every once in a while? Like, uh, I go see. And- I the thing is, is I I try not to like because yeah. I'm focused on the next project. But right. I will actually watch the film like twice a week just because I'm like, did that really happen? That did not happen. I have to make sure it happened. So I mean, that's why I watch it because I really do genuinely love it. Well, it's just uh, somebody. Somebody you respected and admired said you. Yes, you. You have something. And that's an amazing feeling. Thank you. And it's so it's so good. And, they, and and you do have something. I think you're really, really talented. Why do you make films? Uh, to, and truthfully, I think it's not only so I don't go crazy inside. Right. Because I think we all express ourselves differently. We all have a movie within us. You know, right. we either do it through dance, singing, music. Dirty dancing for dirty some people. dancing. Yes. Used to be my dream. Uh, or through filmmaking. You know, right. like, and then I feel like there's some people that don't do, have that artistic side about them. And I feel like those are the people that need it the most. Right. You know, and they, they, they just need something to latch onto. And I feel like that's our job as artists is to, like, get them through whatever they're going through. Right. And that's why, I mean, it's their... To help cute. people connect with their, their emotions. Yeah. And Sometimes you can be having a really horrible day, but a song mm. will connect with you. And you can, you can... You can let it out through that thing. Savage Garden. I'll yeah. be your wish, I'll be your dream. I'll be Really? Your yeah, I'll that be gets your wish. That does it for you? I tried to do it for karaoke, but it didn't work out. My too dream well. is to do I want to do I want you for karaoke. <gasps> I want you to want me? No. Oh. I mean I mean, I mean I chuck a cherry cola. That one. Oh, that's a good one. Because it, yeah. it would be like, oh, everyone would be like, oh, I forgot that song. Yeah. But everyone remembers Chuck a Cherry Cola. Well, the bullet has karaoke on Monday nights. Really? Yeah, it's a no hole. It's the bullet. Have you ever been, been no, there? No, I feel like they switched locations on me. Oh, no, it's been it's there. It's always been... I feel like they went across the street, but no. It's I'm, a magical little spot. Let's go to the bullet. 
fire pit in the back. Shit, I didn't know that. Yes. It's yeah. my un- You're turning me on to all these no-ho gems. Oh. I think I might have been there once or twice. It's but. a little hole in the wall. As I said, I like do- right. dive bars. So Monday, uh, an amazing guy named Alex is the KJ, so you will love him. The KJ, is that karaoke jockey? Yeah. Karaoke yeah. jockey? That's <laughs> awesome. All right, how can people learn more about what you do? Do you have... Uh, we talked about Beauty Mark being on... Um, the Jameson First Shot website, also yep. on YouTube. Just yep. look up Beauty Mark. Find look, it. Beauty Mark, starring Maggie Jillian. You can go to JamesonFirstShot.com. Right. Uh, you can also go to my website. There you go. CameronThrower.com. There and you go. it actually has the movie on there, and it has behind the scenes of Beauty Mark. Right. Where you can watch us make the film and... Uh, all my old other projects. I love it. All right, camerathrower.com. Yes, don't go past like four years of my projects though because right. you'll be like, what is going on? But we all have we, to We come. all grow. I we think all we all have grow. like bad movies in us. Yes. We just have to get them out. You and have I to. did. They did. I whether did. you're Elizabeth Shue or whether you're... <laughs> I an, love her. <laughs> upcoming filmmaker, you got to rent Molly. It's good. It's not her fault. <laughs> she, went, she went for it. She Hashtag for not it. her fault. Hashtag not her fault. So, last question. I, you grew up in, a, in South Carolina, but you were in, like, your theater stuff there. Yeah. Talk me through something you did at that time that was, like, a window into what you would eventually want to pursue. So, were you, like, Mr. Put-on-a-show guy? Not at all. The thing is, is that we, we, we have this small town, as I said right. before. They're having a Halloween scarecrow thing in the middle of the town, and across the street is the theater and I remember me and my mom kind of... I was twelve. I was nine at the time. Right. And me and my mom kind of got in this argument. She's just, And I was just like, well, I'm just going to walk away. And she's like, walk away because I didn't want to see more scarecrows, you know, or something like that. I was a kid. So she's like, walk away. So I walked away across the theater, and I sat in the audience, and they were having auditions for this show. And I was like, what is going on? They were on stage. And then all of a sudden, the director... Like, I was there for an hour just watching, and the director's like, come on down stage, son. Let's audition. It was for a kid's show. And I auditioned for it. I didn't know what I was just reading. And I got to be a skunk in this show. My mom's like, where were you at? I was like, I guess I was auditioning for a show. Um, I have a role Apparently, I'm a skunk, a badger, (laughs) if you will. And I got introduced to the world of theater. I've never acted. I just loved movies so much. So that became an outlet. And being on stage and having one line... And I stole a line from this poor girl because I was so excited when we had a performance. And she you hated, said her line? I did because she took too long. And the, <laughs> audience, the audience was just like clapping. And I was like, what is happening? And I feel like that is the first time I had an outlet. Right. I was thinking about other things besides my personal stuff. Right. As a kid. And I was like, I want to, I want to stay in. And from that point on, I, become the, I became the youngest director in that theater at 18 years old. And you directed a show, I did. shows there? Like, kids shows? or uh, Teenage shows. Wow, it was I a, love it. Yeah, we developed, like, the teenage wing of the theater because there needed to be more teenage shows right. to help teenagers out with social issues. Did you, did it give you, were you dealing with, like, feeling like you were gay and, like, do I come out? Were you, de- were you dealing with those and did that give you a place to sort of channel your energy or were they just not really that connected? It really wasn't connected with, like, the whole uh, sexual thing yet because right. I guess I was just so young and I was such a late bloomer, too. Right. You know, it was more about the work. Right. I got to focus. It's about the work. I guess so. Like, I, I really just it. wanted to work and, like, make friends because in school, elementary school, it was, like, very hard to make friends for me but in the theater from different schools coming together, we were kind of the outsiders. Right. And I we, we were laughing, connecting, and I was like, why aren't my, the people in school I go with like this? Right. And uh, eventually it became I found them in school. So You found your tribe. I, I love that story. I love that story. I love your story. 
Check out his films online. I'm so happy for you with this amazing moment that you're thank that you got you. to have. Well, thank and, you for uh, coming over it's to my, my pleasure. Apartment. I love it. Noho, we're in the hood. Yeah. All right, um, that's it. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Cameron Thrower. Check out his film Beauty Mark. It's at JamesonFirstShot.com, and you'll enjoy it very much. All right. So this happened. I've just been seeing a fair amount of things like movies and plays. I saw Newsies last night. I always love the Newsies. I love when they jump around. I love the melodies. I'm in. Um, and I saw former podcast guest Tom Goss at his CD launch party for his new CD, What Doesn't Break. And it was at the Hotel Cafe, and he was so good. He's so talented. And um, you should definitely check out his album, What Doesn't Break, uh, Tom Goss. Um, you can find it everywhere. You can find online music. He's awesome. But the cool thing is... The cover, he has a hidden puzzle, like a code, that if you find it on the cover, you take a step and then you win something else. And so I love a puzzle. We all know that. So I got on my little detective hat and I was looking at this cover and there were these words and codes and whatever. Anyway, long story short, I cracked the puzzle and I reached out to him and said, I think I solved it. And he's like, you did solve it and you're the second per- only the second person to do it. So anyway, it's a great CD. There's a puzzle there. It's a win-win for everyone. All right, that's all I got this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye.